Just as we get back into ordinary time, we take a little break now and we celebrate this feast of the birth of John the Baptist. Whatever day of the week it falls on, his birth always takes precedence. And rightly so, for as Jesus himself said of John, there was none born greater than John the Baptist. Just like the story of the birth of Jesus, so too with John the Baptist, we return for its retelling to the Gospel of St. Luke. And in the Gospel of Luke, women always play a very prominent role. Women are frequently mentioned in Luke, right from, of course, the very beginning, which is where we're at in the Gospel today. For instance, in the Gospel of St. Luke, you'll have a story about a man, and it's always followed by a story about a woman. And widows are also mentioned frequently as well. We might not notice that when we're reading through the Gospel, but it's there. Pay attention. And um, in Jesus' time, men dominated the society. Women and children were the subjects. In our modern world today, we might think, well, we're far beyond that. But, of course, it's been shown that women still only make 74 cents to a man's dollar today. So still women have a long ways to go, don't they? You know that, women. Today's gospel really is an eye-opener in this regard. Still in Luke's gospel, women do not have too much to say, except in the very beginning of the gospel, where... In the visitation, Uh, there's a conversation, of course, between Mary and Elizabeth, Mary's beautiful Magnificat, and then in the gospel that we have today that we just just heard. Elizabeth and Zechariah were both advanced in age and were childless. And barrenness would have been blamed on the women in that era. And it would have been seen as punishment for sin. But Luke insists that both Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous people. And a righteous couple without a child calls for action from God. And God certainly came through. Elizabeth in the gospel earlier said, In these days the Lord has taken action on my behalf. God has seen fit to remove my reproach amongst the people. What God has done for Elizabeth, God has done throughout the Bible, delivering powerless people who were in need. God intervenes and takes away her disgrace and makes her fruitful. God has also done this for many women. Remember Sarah and Abraham, Hannah, Rachel, other remarkable women in Israel's history. And now Elizabeth has given birth to John. And eight days later, the child is circumcised, and this is the day on which a child would be, would be named. And Elizabeth and Zechariah are put to the test. The time comes to name this child. Among the Jews, it was the custom always to give the male, the firstborn male, the name of the father. Sometimes we still do that today. Um, we give our firstborn child name of the father as well. That custom lives on in some families. Or at least to give a child um, in their time 
some ancestor's name as well. But this couple chose to give a name that was totally foreign. Why? Because God asked to do this through the angel's message to Zechariah when the birth was first announced. Not an easy thing to do. It caused a stir amongst the neighbors. They were bucking social convention. But Elizabeth and Zechariah did what God wanted them to do. They were aware that God was doing something very important in their lives and indeed an incredible thing for all of the people as well. And biblical names always have great significance. And it helps us to kind of understand also what's going on beneath the surface. The name John means God is gracious. Elizabeth means the oath of God. Zechariah means the Lord remembers. Put all this in the context of when they're living. At this time, this was a real low point in Israel's history. Um, They were subjects, the Roman occupation. And it was a terrible time for the people. Um, They were enslaved, basically. So just a horrible time for them. So remember, God has not forgotten them. God is gracious. The Lord remembers. So you see how important these names are. And as Elizabeth and Zechariah are being attentive to God's ways in their lives, two wonderful things happen, two miraculous things happen. First of all, Zechariah miraculously recovers his speech that he has lost. Imagine, you know, like somebody who has a stroke and hasn't been able to speak for months and months and months, and all of a sudden they can speak like nothing at all has happened to them. That's what happens to Zechariah. Secondly, the whole region is awestruck by what has happened. As we heard in the gospel, they say, what will this child be? Surely the hand of God is upon him. As I said, remember the condition of these people. They're enslaved. We look in our own country and time right now as we celebrate this feast. There's been a lot of turmoil in the country these days in this week. But yeah, I cannot come to any consensus on how to care for those who are coming to us seeking a better life, whose lives are in great jeopardy, who are running for their lives. So how good it is to celebrate in the midst of this upheaval. Remember what the name John means. God is gracious. In what ways do I see and experience a gracious God in my life? I was very touched by a story that I heard this week about a mother and daughter who came to this country not too long ago seeking asylum and and received it. They, of course, had nothing running for their lives. And they were experienced firsthand care that God is gracious. And so as they saw the plight of those seeking asylum and a thousand children separated from their parents, it broke their hearts. What could they do? So they just 
offered what little they had. They opened up a website, the internet, Facebook, said, could we just raise $1,500 maybe to help one family? And in a few short days, they, they raised over $19 million to help the plight, legal defense for those people seeking aid. Yes, God is gracious. When John was born, there was little fanfare. But for his parents, something extraordinary had happened. And indeed, as we heard in the gospel, all those heard, heard these things took heart and asked, what will this child be? A few months later, when Jesus was born, it was no different. He was born in a major, and few noticed it. He, too, had to run for his life. His parents did. If you were a believer, you will look for God's hand working in seemingly ordinary moments, like 1,500 hours becoming 19 million in a few short days, or a loved one becoming freed of an addiction to alcohol or drugs, or just a small parish amongst thousands and thousands and thousands that's about to celebrate its 40th anniversary of God doing wonderful things in 40 years. We have to pay attention to the ways that God is ever at work in our lives and in our midst. He's always stirring the pot, as he did with the prophet John the Baptist. That was just the beginning. God is gracious.